The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah, we just didn't play our best ball today. We, we kind of got away with one in, in some ways, but that's what good teams do. You know, you don't play your best, and you find a way in the fourth quarter to get a stop on defense, to, to get a first down on offense, to, to make those catches Josh made and be able to score on that drive, that long drive we had. So that's, that's what we're starting to become now, and um, it's a good feeling. I have trust in, in KT. Um, he, he missed a lot of training camp. Um, obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. Um, and, and stuff's not always going to go your way. Obviously, um, he would have wanted to catch a few of those in the game, but I have trust that he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments, and he's going to make the catch and, 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 and win us some seasons like he did last year. So we're going to continue to work him in, get him more and more reps, um, and I'm sure that, that those drops will kind of disappear. You were all there. Last one, Blair. What's the message that needs to come out of that locker Got to be better. <laughs> Is he really sure the drops are going to go away? Kelsey Nicole Nelson, <laughs> welcome. Thank <laughs> you so Minnesota. much, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies First Fridays. Um, the NFL season has kicked off. Everyone was excited, and we got a great game last night. We got the Super Bowl champions versus the up-and-coming Detroit Lions, and Detroit went into Arrowhead, and they stole one. They got one, and listen, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to be petty right now because I got to tell you, I very much enjoyed the Chiefs losing. I very much enjoyed Patrick Mahomes losing. He's great. But, like, you beat my Eagles, and I'm all about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. So I'm here for every Chiefs and and, and Pat Mahomes loss. And so I was thrilled. I was happy. Um, But I know that, um, you know, Chiefs kingdom probably was not. I know Chiefs fans probably were not. Uh, and there was a lot of blame. There was a lot of blame being fate, um, being put on KT. But before we dig into the Chiefs, let, let's go back to who actually won the game. The Lions, right? And I liked what I was hearing from Jared Goff. It was giving leader, Kelsey, <laughs> right? Like, I liked the disposition. Like, he wasn't, like, overhyped. He was very calm. You know, he's like, we didn't do our best but we found a way to win. That's what good teams do. He's saying the right things. He's right. You know, so shout out to Detroit for going in and getting this win and for having their fan base out there. Like there are a lot of Detroit fans in the building. Yeah. And that's not easy to do that. As we know, in Arrowhead, you know, we, we were all looking forward to this game. We know how hard it is to go in to Kansas City and win. And let's remember, Nat, this is a Kansas City Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes at the helm who does not lose opening games. So for the Detroit Lions <laughs> to go in and do that, I mean, I, I said it, Lions fans, please rejoice. This is your time. This is your moment. I feel like the Detroit Lions fan base has been waiting a long, long time, Natalie, to be taken seriously for people to put some respect on their name and to do this against a team that that we saw raise their Super Bowl banner, right? A team that we just saw go on um, and win yet another ring. I was just so happy for this team, you know, and Jared Goff, we followed his story. So I love seeing him at the podium and just knowing what he's been through. Talk about a way to start a season. And like you said, the fans being there, I, I know they had fun walking back into the parking lot. So all in all, look, I know it's the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm not hitting the worry button this early. Like I know we're going to talk about the pieces that they didn't have. But for Detroit, let me say, watch out for the Detroit Lions. This is no longer a team you see on the schedule and automatically can put a W. This is going to be a team that's going to make you fight. I mean, you can talk about it on both sides of the football. You know, on offense, obviously, got the job done. You probably want to see some bigger numbers, but on defense as well, as you see right there, putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and that is not easy to do. It actually makes me question some of the tackles for Kansas City on the offensive line. But all in all, Man, I am happy for Detroit. They should do a parade in Detroit today. Detroit mayor, like, this was that impressive. And I think all in all, it's just great to see Lions fans happy now. That is not something that you see every day. So highly enjoyed the game. I think this was a perfect start 
to the NFL season. I think we wanted that upset, you know, and the underdogs winning and uh, Kansas City being put on notice just a little bit to see. Uh, they better get some things right, Natalie, with some of their uh, missing pieces. <laughs> I think if Kansas City wants to get back to hopefully going to Vegas this year, if they hope to get back to the Super Bowl. Well, you mentioned <laughs> Pat Mahomes' streak of not losing um, games to open the season, but you know yeah. what streak remained alive? That is Jared Goff being undefeated. No, I am. Oh, I love that. I thought you were talking about the INTs for Jared Goff because he has a couple streaks going on, Natalie. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to understand, is he Pat Mahomes' cryptic? Like, why? <laughs> why can't Patrick Mahomes be Jared Goff? Maybe that's what he needs to see in the Super Bowl, kind of like with Eli and, and um, Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady just could not beat Eli. <laughs> It's always one. There's always one. It's always that one person that you can't get over the hump. I think that makes it that much better. Again, because going into this game, right? I mean, you think about it. Maybe when this game was first put on the schedule, maybe not many people excited, right? And this is before we knew all the things happening with Kansas City. But all in all now, I mean, everybody's talking about the Lions. Natalie, I saw he who is him trending with Jared Goff's name. I mean, that does not happen every single day. And this Lions team, we got people taking them seriously and really wondering, how far can this team go? And I remember the end of last season, you know, we we saw the Lions had something, but, you know, I think Dan Campbell talked about it. You know, they were able to build upon what they had last season, the resilience he talked about, you know, of this team. And there's something there. There is something there. And I think that makes us, you know, all that more excited to watch the Lions this season. Yeah. No, for sure. They closed the season really strong. And like the Lions are actually like the official, unofficial, I don't know, team of a brother from another, the Michaels love oh. Love, they love um, the Lions. They love the Lions. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, shout out to them. You know, look, let, let, let's let's talk about the, the, the Chiefs because I'm not going to do this asterisk thing that people are trying to say and, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, the Lions won and I'm giving them their credit. But when you talk about just, you know, because a lot of people, they were still, the Chiefs were still the heavy favorites going into the game. Right. And a lot a lot of it and I get it and it's well deserved is just Patrick Mahomes. Right. Like people are just like, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes like he can do it. And he almost did it. He almost yeah. did it. And like it's early in the game, <laughs> early in the game, he had us believing. But like his receivers really let him down, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, poor KT, like poor KT, you know, like. Yeah. Don't check your mentions, Kadarius Tony, today. <laughs> no. They are not friendly. They are not friendly at all. At all. <laughs> and I mean, it was just like drop after drop after drop after drop. Like, come on. And you know, like, you, you Pat, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the leader who he is. We know that. So he's going to say he's standing by his guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But, you know, like you saw, there was one of the drops. I can't remember which one it was. And he was just like. You know, like you can just see, like he's like frustration. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just I mean that was the pick six, which is frustrating because like Patrick really shouldn't get a pick six on that, but he is no. right. Because, and that was the game changer to me, Nat. When that happened, that was the momentum swing to me right yeah. there. And you can just tell it was a different team. I felt like after that, that had to try to get back into this game, which obviously they weren't. They weren't able to. This is basically not, I think, the word we can talk about for Kansas City. This was uncharacteristic of them. I mean, you, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? If you have, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing the 12 different people, um, you know, and nobody really able to get, you know, anything really going. I mean, I think, why do we love watching the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt? It's because they're like, they're like football poetry, right? They're fluid. They're in rhythm, like when they're playing well, you know, and playing together. But yesterday, we didn't see that, you know, and, I, and like you said, I'm not putting an asterisk. Like, guys... Patrick Mahomes said it, guys have to step up, you know, and that happens. It's football. I mean, if you cover the sport, you know how often injuries happen, but great teams are able to excel through those injuries, you know, and people who aren't there. So all in all, yeah, it's a win for Lions. Do not discredit that. But also I think that, I think for the Chiefs, they get to go back to the drawing board and obviously make some needed adjustments and changes that they really want to go back and defend the Super Bowl title net, right? I mean, again, not a horrible game from the Chiefs. I'm not going to destroy Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yes, he had the interception. Um, you know, all in all, obviously, you can say not fully his fault, but, you know, it is what it is. And Kansas City, again, you can't just easily write them to go into the postseason right now because, again, I think some of their weaknesses got exposed and just the reliance on Travis Kelsey. We know how good he is. I think about how different he is, he is on the field. I mean, we praise Travis Kelsey that why he's able to, to run these routes that for some reason defenses aren't able to figure out. Like every game, you're like, how in the world has a defense not figured out how to block? 
Travis, Kelsey, how is he always finding a way to get open when we know how good he is? Right. And yesterday the receivers weren't able, you know, to do that. I think for Patrick Mahomes, making Patrick Mahomes' job that much harder, even though, as you said, he is great. He is a Houdini. Um, but all in all, even his magic was not enough to escape the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I mean, look, those were catches that KT should have made and could have. Yeah. But we know, we all know that Travis Kelsey is Patrick Mahomes' safety blanket, right? Oh, for sure. And so, um, you know, before the game, it was like, oh, he might play. And, you know, you had his brother kind of playing doctor telling us, oh, all these things he could maybe do and <laughs> he might make it. But he tested it before the game and, like, it just wasn't going to happen. Now you're seeing reports that... He's likely to play next week. I, I tweeted that right after the game. Oh, I'm sorry. I posted <laughs> that right after the game on X, formerly known as Twitter. On X now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I just think that, I don't know, like, oh, Michael Smith. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hi, ladies. Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, love the show. <laughs> love you guys' work. Appreciate you having me on. How's everything? Oh, it's good. Fantastic. Appreciate you joining us. I mean, yeah, I figured you'd want to, us. since the Detroit Lions are is, is the brother from another team, the team of brother from another. One of them, yeah, one of them. We've one of them. Quite a few. Yeah, okay, but I was surprised because yeah. yesterday you wasn't really talking talking that much about about the Lions, and then they won. So I was wondering how you felt about it. Well, I had them winning last night. I just didn't get to it. We ended up talking about more macro topics, Caleb Williams, so on and so forth. Um, you know, uh, Chris Jones and, and his holdout yeah. and this, yeah. that, and the third. So we really haven't really got inside the game. We had to make predictions. We contractually obligated to make predictions. I hear you. Check out so yesterday's you thought episode they, on you YouTube. thought they were going to win? But I, no, I did, I did think they would win because they would win because you don't miss. The Kansas City Chiefs are not deep enough across the board mm-hmm. uh, to withstand the loss of both Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. You know, that's your second best player on offense, your best player on defense. Both of them have a chance at Canton one day. You know, uh, Travis Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Chris Jones, if he keeps it up, he could end up there as well. Uh, so I thought Detroit would win. And to me, it's like, look, Detroit's a story full stop. Because I can't tell you who won or lost week one's games last year. I, they, they don't give out trophies for week one. And nor do they right. eliminate you after week one. You know, I know who won a Super Bowl right. last year was Kansas City. I know who's been in a couple of them the last few years, and that's Kansas City. Um, three of them, as a matter of fact, I'm not mistaken. So um, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. Um, I think it's a lesson for them where they need to uh, recognize what it takes to execute without Travis Kelsey, without Eric Bieniemy. I don't know if that name has come up so far in the show. Yes, yeah. uh, but, not but on Travis the show, Kelsey but... was not the okay. Travis Kelsey was not the only key figure yes. from Kansas City's recent run of success missing last night. Uh, that guy is, is is in Kelsey's neck neck of the woods. Our Kelsey's yeah. neck of the woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and that's Eric Bieniemy. All right, mm-hmm. so let's not sleep yeah. on that. So there's some adjustments yeah. that need to be made, but we know it's a long season, so I'm not worried about Kansas City. We don't have to talk about Kansas City. They're going to be there at the end. To right. me, it's all about Detroit because and there are no qualifiers. There are no asterisks affixed to this victory because there are no excuse in sports, right. especially in professional football. And if right. Detroit had shit the bed, if Detroit had done Detroit things last night, Plenty of people would have been like, oh, same old Lions, all the hype, <laughs> all the noise, all the talk, and look what we get. No, they went in there and they won the kinds of games that they typically have not won in their history or more specifically in their recent history, and that's a close one-point win on yeah. the road. That's not Detroit Lions. That's not their mm-hmm. DNA. It might be the new Detroit Lions DNA, and to me, that's the story. Look, they could, they could miss the playoffs this year. You know, we all know not to overreact after one game. However, mm-hmm. there's being a prisoner in the moment, and then there's just embracing the moment. And I root for good stories, and the Lions are a good story and good for them. But I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious, Kelsey. What, you know, Mike just mentioned that, you know, like, not worried about the Chiefs. But at what point do you start to worry about the Chiefs? Like, okay, so Travis Kelsey may come back, but like, a bone bruise is nothing to play with, you know? So right. you don't know how he's going to look, but then they still haven't worked out the situation with Chris Jones. So at what point can you start to worry about them or because they have Patrick Mahomes, you just don't worry? Can I just say first, the best moment of the game had to be watching Chris Jones watch his team from a suite up high. And you just <laughs> yeah. be 
Like, like, come on, Chris. Like, we, we know you're, you know, you're holding out and we know you wanted to support the team, but like, I just thought that was the best shot of the entire game. Talk about a way to make sure people know you're, you're serious about getting your money. But, you know, I think Michael Smith hit on it. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs, if there is any team I'm not worried about. And as you talked about, you know, Jason Kelsey has been talking about this. Travis Kelsey is going to find a way back on that football field. He is, you know, no matter what. And I know they were trying to play safety with them the first game, which a lot of teams do. And they probably looked at it the Lions game. The Chiefs probably really looked at this as a game. They didn't want to lose of course but you know this is a game that keep, keep Travis Kelsey safe if we lose okay we can move on and, and we know the chemistry that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both have but all that to say I mean I think Travis Kelsey is going to work his way back we don't know a matter I mean, I'm not even saying like it's a it's a matter of, of when um because it's going to be sooner than later I mean he has 10 days right between last night and the upcoming game so you talk about a bone yeah. bruise it's different for different players but all in all to say he will be back on the football field I think Patrick Mahomes being the leader that he is, you talked about the leader that Jared Goff is, he's going to make sure that someone steps up. And Chris Jones, he's going to get tired of hitting the sweets after a while. He's going to want to be back on that football field. So eventually they're going to have to figure that out, getting him back there. I mean, we're talking about two all pros missing, right? And Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones from that football team. So obviously two great players um, on that field. So all in all, I'm not I'm not hitting the Chiefs worry button anytime soon. I think we did this at the beginning of last season and look where Kansas City ended up. We ended up watching them in the Super Bowl. So I think you got, you can't, you can't worry too too fast, too far. A lot of my good friends that cover the Kansas City Chiefs team, they're saying, hey, look, we didn't like that game, but look, they're, they're already packing their bags and booking their trips still for Vegas, Natalie, because this is the Chiefs at the end of the day. I'll, I'll tell you, Natalie, to answer your question, here's what I worry about the Chiefs. If they miss the playoffs, if the playoffs start and the Kansas City Chiefs are not in it, that's when I worry about the Chiefs. If they're in the playoffs, no. even as a wild yeah. card. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. That, that's like, yeah. it's like, they're going to be there at the end. I would worry <laughs> if for some reason they're not in the tournament. If they're not in the dance, that's when I would worry. Even if they're in it, whether it says division champs or a wild card, well, it's going to be division champs because they rule the AFC West. <laughs> whether they got home field or not, if they're in the playoffs, they got a shot to win the whole thing. So I'll worry yeah. in December, if at all. In the meantime, I'm old enough to remember a couple of years ago. Hell, maybe it was last year to your point, Kelsey. It's like we've, we've pushed the panic button prematurely on Kansas City yeah. before. I know every year is different, but we pushed the panic button prematurely only for them to figure it out and go on a run. The Chris Jones thing is a concern in general. Um, I like to think that they would get a deal done at some point. Uh, these things could happen in an instant. If he's not there, I was actually encouraged by what I saw from the defense last night. I mean, at the end of the day, they lost by one and Detroit scored 14 points on offense. You know, right. I mean, that was, they, they, like one of Detroit's touchdowns came, of course, from the Kadarius Tony drop. I'm not even going to call it a Patrick right. Mahomes pick. We need, to, we need to change the rules. We need to figure out a way to not credit those interceptions <laughs> to quarterbacks that. and throw it right at you. You know what I mean? But no, I mean, like Kansas City, we're a long way from worrying about Kansas City, a long right. way from worrying about them. Uh, they tend to figure things out. Those receivers do have to grow up. I like to see more Justin Ross. Um, yeah. I'd also, and they, and they may make a move for all we know. They may end up making a move in season to get a disgruntled receiver from somewhere else. Sure. Who knows what happens? Like, it's such a long season and a long journey. But people do need to be worried about Detroit and worried about them in the Tupac and Juice way. Like, that's the team you need to be worried about. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Well, look. Look, it wasn't all about last night's game because there was some other news that broke. Joey B finally got his bag. The contract came in. And um, <laughs> it came in like right before the game. So it was like, oh, I got, you know, the news kind of <laughs> was in the middle of the game. But there you go. Highest paid quarterback in NFL history. $275 million, I think like 219 is guaranteed. So... I don't think this number really surprises anyone, but you know, for me, it's, I really like Joe Burrow a lot. So I'm happy for him. The only thing that's just a little odd to me is like, I just wonder how Patrick Mahomes feels. Like you look <laughs> at this list and you just see like all the players who are like the top five and he's not on it. And he's the best player in the NFL. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. It's just, I don't know. He maybe he doesn't care, but that that's the only thing that always stands out to me. What do yeah, you think, I don't think about he does. it? I don't, you don't I don't think, think he does. does. No, yeah. I mean he made the decision to sign the contract that he signs. I think you can notice something and not care. I think he decided now. Here here's where it gets interesting. When you are not among the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, and a lot of that's timing. I mean, everybody knows they're gonna get the next guy is gonna be the highest paid guy. But when you're not among the highest paid guys in the league, 
And yet Chris Jones is watching the game from a suite as we just talked about. So it's like the mm-hmm. reason and, Bra- and, and, and Patrick Brown was not the first guy to do this. Brady did the same thing for all those years in New England until he stopped taking pay cuts. But if you're going to mm-hmm. take less than what you're worth, it's under the guise of the organization spending that money elsewhere to keep this right. team together. So if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm not making a phone call to the organization saying, hey, guys, um, let's revisit my contract because I'm the best player and I deserve to be the highest paid player. It's, hey, guys, uh, we had a wink, nod, handshake agreement that I would do what's best for the team. And my teammate is up in the suite waiting to get his money. And my wide receivers leave, leave something to be desired. So how about we utilize these resources that have come from me filling this stadium and putting two more Lombardis in your in your lobby and making this the premier franchise in the league. How about we use some of that money to upgrade this team? Because I didn't take a pay cut just to take a pay cut just to save you money. Facts. Yeah, I think think to Michael's point, I think he's exactly right. Let's remember also Patrick Mahomes agent is Lee Steinberg, right? One of the greatest sports agents, you know, in the entire game when you think about it. And I think Michael's right. I mean, why we love Patrick Mahomes is because he's selflessness. Like, I mean, you think about what he does in the offseason to bond with his team, the chemistry he builds with his team. He wants to win at the end of the day. And I don't think money's an issue for Patrick Mahomes. You, you look at how much he's making outside and sponsorships and everything else. Now, yes, would he like to be the highest paid player? I'm sure. Does he deserve it? Yes, we could all probably say that. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think when Patrick Mahomes, when it comes back to it, when I think he feels like he, he does deserve that, and I think Michael hit it right. Brady realized he deserved that towards the end of his career, right? Because Brady said, I've done enough. I've been selfless. And, and, he, and he rightfully did so. But all in all, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is looking at this. He's honestly probably happy for these young guys. I mean, he really does seem like someone that really roots for the sport, you know, roots for the continuance yeah. of the sport. Um, and, and again, you never see like hate or, or ill will from Patrick Mahomes. But all in all, I think, you know, we have to be happy for Joe Burrow. I mean, he's made us care about the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, for <laughs> which a long time <laughs> we had it. And I, you know, I see this team a lot being in near Baltimore uh, and covering the Ravens now. I mean, and now they're like, you know, the perimeter like team. You, you think about the AFC North, it's the Bengals right now in Baltimore. Joe Burrow is largely responsible for that. And mind you, he was able to get this contract done, not fully healthy. I mean, the big thing with, yeah. I remember covering Lamar, you know, the big thing was like, you know, Lamar is not healthy and how long is he going to play? And, you know, will he be able to have that endurance for the season? So all in all, I mean, I think Joe Burrow, he, he did it quietly. Like he kind of has that, that Joey cool thing doing. And like you said, it dropped, I think at the perfect time, he deserves it. But Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day, again, I don't think he's hitting worry button at all because uh, he knows his time is going to come back and I'm sure he'll exactly. be restructuring when need be. Well, I'll tell you who is underpaid. Travis Kelsey, uh, we saw that For last sure. night. <laughs> okay, For sure. if, there was any, if, if, if he wanted to go, you know, go to get a renegotiation after last night, he could. But on the Burrow front, a couple of things. One, I think this is another step in the rebranding, if you will, of the Cincinnati Bengals. There's been a lot of talk about the Bengals over the years on this year's show. Um, obviously, they have a reputation throughout their history as being frugal, as being cheap, as having cheap. A, yep. at one point the <laughs> smallest scouting department in the league. Uh, you know, the Mike, the, the Mike Brown of it all, you know, uh, no naming rights on the stadium and that sort of thing for a long time. So like um, they, they've turned that page and they've become one of the premier franchises in the AFC, if not the NFL. And it's not just the quarterback. It's not just Jamar Chase. They're across the board, they have a talented roster and they are now perennial contenders. As Joe Burrow said, the window is my career. So this is a continuation of just the, the reimagination and the rebranding of that franchise as we know it. That's one. Two, it wasn't that long ago when Patrick Mahomes was looking up at Joe Burrow and like, oh, wait, talk, you talk about like Patrick Mahomes not being able to beat Jerry Goff. Ha ha. It's only been what two meetings, but uh, I think it's been two, but he really couldn't get past Joe Burrow until this past year's AFC title game. Right. And so, you know, I think they were three and oh, if I'm not mistaken, at one point against him. So Joe Burrow could very well at some point surpass Patrick Mahomes, or at least it's a conversation. He could be one of the faces of the league. And lastly, it wasn't that long ago, Natalie, this was before your time. I remember getting ripped for saying <laughs> Joe Burrow's rookie year that very soon he would be the best quarterback in the AFC North. And that was not shade at Lamar Jackson, Ooh. who I love. <laughs> but a lot of my takes don't age well. That one did, if I may say so myself. Why don't invite me on this show today? Let the record show. Let the record show. 
I was invited. I didn't come crash your party. I was invited. Let the record show. I don't want nobody thinking like, why does why this dude gotta come on his on the show, getting in the way of a lady? I, they asked me to come. They asked me to come. Just, we just did, so y'all we know. Did ask we appreciate come. your we perspective, right Mike. We'll be right back with Mike. Because it's y'all show. It's it's not my show. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. (laughs) We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up and talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do. Because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. I'm about to get comfortable. I would love to see what Dion looks like like uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to get comfortable. What's uncomfortable for you, Dion? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Listen, you know, Dion Sanders, this week has been interesting to me, like from the game, actually leading up to the game last week versus uh, uh, TCU, then after all the commentary and, you know, Jason and I were texting back and forth a little bit about it because I, a lot of people have like mixed feelings, but you know, I, like I'm rooting for Dion. Let me just start there. I am rooting for him and I want him to win. Right. Um, because some of the, some of the criticism of him and we spoke about this last week, it was like, I, it, you know, some of it, it's just about it being Dion, right? Like some of it felt a little coded. Right. I think some people just want him to fail. And so I'm not for that. Like I, I want him to win and I want him to prove these people wrong. But now definitely after the win, definitely it was like, oh, you know, a lot of the like, yeah, see y'all doubted him. And he made a lot of comments back at the media. Like, do you believe? And I think all of that was just about the comments about Colorado. But I think that dates back to all the commentary about the HBCU and him leaving. And I just want to say, as much as I am supporting Dion now and I want him to win, that I don't want to conflate those two things. The way he handled his departure, it was still problematic. Jason, you've been on here. Mike, you talked about it a lot. We we talked about it. We were critical of it. That can still be true. And also, we can still want Dion to succeed. Jason, I see a lot of hand gestures from you. So I'm going to let you go because it seems like you got something yeah. to say. <laughs> I, just, I, Get it off I, I, I love you guys. I love this so much. Look, <laughs> two things can be true. Okay. I can think that Dion was dishonest. I can think that he disrespected HBCUs. I can think that he took advantage of cultural competence by saying that the Lord and Jesus brought him to Jackson State. I can say all those things are wrong and I can like him as a cudgel to smack what is still one of the widest sections of any form of football, which is coaching at the college level. I like the fact that he's there smacking heads. So I can I can dislike what he has done. I can like what he represents, but I can still say that and I'm in the same category with you on this. I don't like how he talked to the press. I don't like this whole you didn't believe in me. The press's job is not to believe in you, Dion. The press's job is to be critical, to analyze and present a story. So his shenanigans seem great after one particular game. We'll see how he does throughout the rest of the season. But right now, I'm still conflicted. Okay. But you know, the thing is, and I agree with you that the, 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 the media's job, right, is to be objective and not to just be his cheerleader. But that's where we blur some of the lines, because I would argue that some of the media seem to not really be that objective. Like, it, there, there might have well, been some well, other well, stuff well, going the media, on. The media has got a definition, uh, not to cut you all, but a different definition <laughs> no, than fine. it used to be. Because a, a lot right. of media play ball with Dion. <laughs> the media, you know, that's, so that, that's, that's, that's evolved quite a bit, but continue, yeah. continue. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's just it. So it's just like, it, it's so blurry and I don't want to talk about people's intentions, but I also understand why he was like clapping back at them. Cause it's just like, 
it was a lot of hate. It wasn't all hate, but it was a lot of hate because he had his cheerleaders and those supporting him. But there was some hate and some of it I was some of it was off putting to me. And like, I just felt like, how, how do we know how this team is going to do? Like, we don't know. There's like 50 plus transfers. He's doing something we've never seen in college football. So we right. I'm going to I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this. And I'm going to step back and wait and see what happens. What, what, what do you think, Kelsey? There's a lot going on here. I mean, let's 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 think about it. Deion Sanders is a personality, right? I mean, this game had what seven million, seven point six three million viewers. It peaked at over ten million, and I think we need to take that with a grain of salt and also understand him as a coach, him as a father. And I think he does a lot of this because he knows what the media is going to react to. I mean, Deion did this at Jackson State, covered him at Jackson State, right, in his HBCU tenure. 27 and 6 there and now at Colorado. And let's remember, they, they hired Dion for multiple reasons. I mean, not only were we watching Dion on the football screen, coaching on the sidelines, we had to watch him throughout commercials. So all in all to say, I, I think I think a lot of people, there there is a lot of hate. Let's be honest. There was a video circulating online that went viral where we had a podcast host from Utah talking about Shadora Sanders coming from a JUCO with his daddy. And I thought that was yeah. all types of disrespectful. And I'm talking yeah. as someone who all of my aunts went to Jackson State um, mm -hmm. University. I'm talking as someone who's lived in Jackson, the city of Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and I think that's the disrespect that a lot, a lot of the media has. And let's also, I mean, we can talk through this through many different lens. I mean, Dion being a black coach at the Power Five Conference, that matters. As he said, Dion being unapolog unapologetically himself, that matters. You know, people feel like when you get to a certain position, they want you to be polite. They want you to be humble. And Dion is not that. He came in and took it by storm. Does he need to be that? No, I think he should be himself. There's a reason why players are transferring to go play with him. Obviously, his coaching style, it matters and it works. He did the same thing at Jackson State. Now, I won't get into the Jackson State thing because I, I feel probably different than a lot of y'all. I, I feel like there's a lot of hate there and I've had this conversation. I was at the Brick City Classic this weekend watching Grambling um, take on Hampton University and a large part of the conversation even there was how is Dion in Colorado doing and folks not wanting him to succeed because they still felt a way about mm -hmm. how he left. And I'm like, why can't we just be happy all right. For a black like, man that guess was able to do well in a HBCU and move on. So all in all to say, I, I, I'll just say this. I, I want to see more of Dion. Obviously, his schedule is going to get a little bit harder. But I think what he's doing for college football is good. He's the most talked about man in college football. There was a poll that came out that Dion yes. Sanders is being more talked about right now than Madonna and Eminem. And I know maybe they're not trending for the right. I mean, but just I, think about that power. I think there's a lot to say. So all in all, we're not your cheerleaders, Dion. But at the end of the day, we also don't have to rip him down. Let's see what he's going to do to continue to change the landscape of college football. Go ahead, Jason. Then I, I, I got to say, I got to hop in. I got to say this. This what Dion Sanders is the epitome of what all sports fans, in particular black sports fans, often face, which is like, I may not like you, but I need you symbolically to fight against a greater system, right? It's like group for <laughs> Floyd Mayweather that against part. Conor McGregor. You don't <laughs> like Floyd Mayweather. He's done a lot of terrible things, but Conor McGregor may seem worse, right? It's like supporting LSU against Iowa, even though the coach is problematic. You make these sorts of ideological <laughs> and philosophical choices where you may not like the person, but it's like, Ugh, I hate this other side worse, and they're my best way to get at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, what Dion's doing for college football right now is crazy. I'm not even into college football last night, and he had me tuned in on Twitter. We were like, we're watching this as a family. I have yeah. seen nothing but content all week on Dion. This, the NFL, okay, opening, opening game last night. And while, of course, we covered that all week, we had like a segment on Dion. So, and I'm seeing it on Instagram. I'm seeing it on Twitter, X, whatever we want to call it these days. Mike, I just, he, he is a moneymaker. And if, if nothing else, you have to at least commend him for bringing eyes to Colorado, making them money, bringing eyes for college football as a whole. And yeah. if they keep winning. I mean, the man who coined the phrase, uh, you know, look good, feel good, play good, they pay good is underpaid because he's making all of us <laughs> a lot of money. I mean, like, yeah. you, the thing about the amount of content that he's generating, uh, he's underpaid uh, in that regard. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I'll, I'll do the Jackson State thing first because, I mean, I was, I was very critical of Deion Sanders and the way he departed Jackson State for the same reason that I want him to succeed at Colorado because I'm rooting for everybody black. Like, as we all are, you know what I mean? Like, I, we, wanted, we wanted him to stay at Jackson State and be a modern-day Eddie Robinson. And then when he left like that, I, again, I, and I own that. I said, look, do what's best for you. Call, go where you feel you're called to go, but I got a certain impression about 
his his intentions at Jackson State. Did he handle business while he was there? Absolutely. Did he do a lot for HBCU sports and HBCUs in general? Absolutely. I just thought he was there for a longer haul. And that's on me. Do you? Having said all that, like, I've never been a big college football guy. Part of it was like, you know, I went to Loyola, New Orleans. Uh, back in my day, New Orleans didn't have this relationship with LSU that it now has. I was always more of a pro football guy, and I paid attention to college for the draft. I always despised a system of exploitation as it relates to college sports in general, but college football in particular. Okay, so I just didn't really get down with college football like that. Deion Sanders got me checking for college football at a time when I hate college football more than ever, because instead of <laughs> making the system more equitable to play for players in the NIL era, they are out here like robbing college football of every ounce of tradition where the Atlantic Coast Conference is now the mm. any coast conference, where it's like I can't keep track of who plays who. I despise college football, but I'm checking for Dion, and I'm not alone mm. in that. I will be watching Colorado, Nebraska this week. I would have never watched Colorado, Nebraska. Right. Rivalry right. game. I ain't checked. Right. I have not checked for Colorado since Cordell Stewart. <laughs> Shout out to home team and the aforementioned Eric B. Enemy. Okay, and now and now here here he is doing what he's always done throughout his entire career is be excellent and captivate our attention. Love him or hate him, you cannot turn away from Deion Sanders. I don't know why right. people would root against him because the same people rooting against him. To your point, Natalie, and I'll wrap with this, are the same people profiting off of him right now from talking exactly. about him. You have a yep. take about Deion Sanders. People are clicking on your, your content because of Deion Sanders. People are tuning in to listen to you talk about Deion Sanders. So guess what? Thank you, Deion. Didn't love that you, I didn't like, what was it? I hated to watch you go, but I love watching you leave because we <laughs> actually getting clicks and views thanks to you going to Colorado and handling business so far. My only concern, Natalie, is is his mouth writing a check that his players may not be able to cash right. because it's one game against TCU. Inevitably, they are going to be struggles. Inevitably, it's the nature of the game. Yeah. Right. I, ju I just don't want to see it turn too ugly when it does at the kids' expense. Go ahead, Natalie. Sorry. That was more yeah, than no, I, I no. planned on saying. No, that, no. I mean, look, I mean, exactly. It was one game, but Nebraska is probably a favorable matchup. They, they probably could get another sure. win. They're now ranked. Right, the AP now ranked them. They weren't even before in the AP yeah. rankings. So. Well, and they're more sorry. They're more circled on people's calendars than they were before. Like, yeah, and, right. and, and Jason, Jason was right. I'm not. I ain't got to be a believer. Like, you know, I don't worship Deion Sanders. I don't worship at the altar of Deion Sanders. It's not my job to be a believer. However, it's like if you had doubts before, they have removed them. And so now right. they were already a target because of Deion Sanders, because of Shadur Sanders, because of Travis Hunter. Now they're mm -hmm. going to be everybody's, you know, everybody's national championship game that they play if they weren't already. Are they ready to deal with the expectations that have gone from unbelief to now the talk of college football? That's what's going to be right. fascinating. But Deion Sanders, Colorado, and Caleb Williams, stories of college football for me. Oh, yeah. Jason, I'm going to give you the last word. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kelsey. I was going to say really quickly, let's remember networks are fighting for these games. I mean, think about it. Fox Big Noon. I mean, we're all watching. Let's remember, that's not the top place that people watch football. But we were all watching, no. as Michael said, because of that. Then the next yeah. game after that, being on ESPN. And then after that, it's a question mark. Why? Because networks want Deion Sanders. They want the eyes that he's going to bring. And that's the power that he has at Colorado. I just wanted to quickly mention that. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Yeah, Jason, I saw you had a point. And I also say, just want you... Make your point, but I want you oh, to also just I'm gonna say like the elaborate. meme I saw online, right? A lot of people out there were hating. They thought it was gonna be Bishop Sycamore High, and it turned out to be Remember the Titans. <laughs> okay, more power to Dion. <laughs> I want to see it be something entertaining. Okay, but it doesn't mean that I'm ever gonna root for him, the individual. I'm just gonna root for him as the symbol. And what I'd like to see is if this team is successful, I want to see his coordinators get opportunities to be head coaches in other locations or step up to the big leagues because that ostensibly is what he claims he's about and that should be the long term goal. Yeah, I think I think that Mike to your point just about whether they're prepared. Look, it looks like definitely his sons um, in general, the way he's grooming this like team, the real he, he's yeah. grooming them in his image, right? To, to be prepared for this, to talk, to talk the talk and be able to walk the walk or to deal with the, what may come with that. So to be determined, but 
you know, his comment was interesting in the beginning where they he's like, oh, you know, they see a black man, they're intimidated. I know that people don't like his bravado. And I know there's an obsession with people needing to be humble. And so I love that he screams in the face of that. And this team seems to scream in the face of that. And I'm looking forward to see what happens. Michael Smith, thank you so much for joining us Thanks today. For we appreciate me. you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> and Jason, my guy, you know you got to come back and chop it up with appreciate us. Appreciate you, back, all. y'all. <laughs> Love you guys. First Fridays. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Keep it up. Kelsey, our girl Coco Golf has made yes. it to the U.S. Open final. <laughs> She will be facing Ariana Sabalenka. And listen, I am so proud of Coco Golf. She is the youngest person to make it to the U.S. Open final since Serena. I what Serena, great company yeah. to be mentioned in. <laughs> what great company to be mentioned in. I know, look, I'm going to let you actually set this off because, I mean, you have it in your feed. I love Coco. I'm in love with Coco Golf, I believe, is what you said in your feed. So tell us yes. why, Kelsey, you're in love with Coco Golf. My gosh, I feel like it's just Coco's time. You know, I feel like so many of us, Matt, have been watching her for so long. You know, whether it was when she was 15 back in 2019, when she became the youngest qualifier in Wimbledon history. And then you talk about her now being, I mean, she's a baby, essentially, when you think about it. But I feel like we've finally seen her moment. We've been waiting for her to advance for so long. And you talked about it being mentioned in assistance and a sentence nat with Serena Williams, who did it back in 1999 at the age of 17. And I love what she said to after. She said, you know, I, I appreciate everything that folks are telling me, but like, don't compare me and Serena. She said, that's my icon, my idol. And we know how, yeah. how great Serena is. So I love that she also has separated herself saying, yes, you know, I want to chase that green. And she said, hey, I even would have loved if I could have played Serena. But I think yes, right now, that's I think, her only you know, regret, she said. Her only regret. And then I think when we see her now, that we've just seen her blossom, we've seen her grow. And again, I just feel like we're finally witnessing just the evolution. I put on my Twitter together, the, the legend of Coco Golf. So I just feel like it's been so fun to watch. Obviously, a lot of people rooting for her watching the U.S. Open. And shout out to the Americans, you know, that have went so far here um, in the U.S. Open. I know in my neck of the woods, a lot of people were sad about Francis Tiapo um, and not yes. continuing on. You know, he's a, he's a local DMV guy. Um, but all in all, again, I, I'm just happy for Coco. I think, you know, and, and I love it that she's unapologetically her. You know, I know we've talked about how she talked to the umpire. I'm pretty sure you guys talked about that on the show, Nat. But she's herself and she's winning her way. And then to do it, what was it? Um, 40 point, a 40 shot rally. We had a protester that we had a almost 50 minute delay. I mean, talk about everything going on around you and you're still able to focus and get it going. So all in all, we are happy for you, Coco. And we want to see you take this one home. Look, I was, I listen, I was about to run over there and go let that protester know something. How dare you? Listen, she is much more, listen. Interrupting Coco history. has and much more grace than me because she's like, listen, I believe in climate change and you should stand up for your beliefs. So I can get that. Of course, I wish it wasn't during my match. But listen, don't be playing with Coco, okay? Like you need to figure out a way not to do this during Coco because you're interrupting a Black woman's moment. And we know Ooh. that is also very important because of the way Black women are disrespected so you you pick another match you pick another time and yes i agree climate change is important but i don't need you interrupting coco's moment okay having the nerve to glue his feet to the floor what is this what is wrong with this man but then (laughs) she navigated it she navigated it and she won and now she is going to the u.s open final her second career major final i mean you have to be happy for her it's her time Yes. And on the Serena uh, like comparisons, I just want to say, look, it's inevitable. This is what people do. And people are always looking for the next, right? Like uh, they do it all the time in basketball. Like after Michael Jordan, it was like, is LeBron the next? And I'm like, who's right. next after? You know, it, they're incessant about it and like it they've been searching for Serena's next right mm-hmm. they did it you know Sloan Naomi Naomi shout out to Naomi who was in the building last night and she yeah. supports Coco but they're gonna do that and I, I and I, I understand with Coco the fact that she's so young 
and she's yeah. she's doing this now. You know, it's like I can see where 19. they're going. And also, yes. it puts a pressure on her that she doesn't really need. So I, I like the way that she's been responding to all the Serena stuff. She's staying focused, but let's let Coco build her own legacy because um, yes. she will be a legend in her own right. This is her moment. Let her have it. And like you said, I mean, it's kind of inevitable, but let right now we're all focused on Coco. She's the one that's going to be putting the time in. She's put it obviously in the training and everything that she's doing. You know, even love the moment with her father after. But again, I just want this all to be about Coco because this is the evolution. This is the next generation that we're seeing. You talked about how young she is, folks. 19. 19 Absolutely. as we talk about the future of, of tennis, especially here in the USA. So I know all eyes will be glued to the screen, Natalie, this weekend. For sure. All right. So let's let's keep it with the women. Right. Because I feel like my beloved WNBA hasn't been getting a lot of love for me lately. But like part of me loves the summer when like we can really focus like all our attention on the WNBA only because there's there's not really that much other in terms of sports going on and no for, love for, for baseball Nat you know Rita would have no, a word not for me no <laughs> no and for for WNBA enthusiasts and like hardcore WNBA, yeah. they're like whatever like they don't care about the other sports but for people like yeah. us who love sports all around and we like different sports like now we're struggling because like I had football on last night while I'm watching Coco mm, and I'm so like much. looking to see what happened in the games and and you know so, but like the WNBA has been so tremendous this year. They've been breaking all kinds of stats and metrics in terms of attendance and in terms of viewership. And now we have this dynamic MVP race that's going on, right? This three-headed monster of an MVP race. And it's it's incredible because um, I'm just going to let you know that Asia Wilson is the pick for me, but Ooh, I, I feel that. like, and, <laughs> and she seems to have moved up in the odds, you know, because Stewie was yeah. leading Brianna Stewart was leading for like a long part of this season, um, but they were like sort of one and two. But Alyssa Thomas has really, yes. really made a, a case lately and put her name. And I, I truly don't know who's going to end up winning it. I would not be upset at any of them winning it. But my pick is is Asia. And I'm just going to keep it really basic and short. I'm very like it's you're the best player on the, be- on the, the best team in the NBA the with the team. best record. Yeah. Also, she stepped up when Candace Parker went down. She had to step up even more. And I I know that we kind of like talk about this team and their super team, the Liberty or super team and all the help and all that stuff. But like they their bench is is really thin and losing Raquan Williams, who we'll get to momentarily like mm-hmm. that also didn't help them. Right. And so right. their bench is very thin. They rely heavily on like that starting five. Um, Candace went down and she stepped up and she took on more. And I just again, any of them are, are deserving and do. But Asia is my pick. What say you, Kelsey? Yeah, you know, I feel how lucky are we, as you said, that we have three greats right now that we're talking about right now in this MVP race. Probably one of the tightest races, Nat, that we've seen. And I love that you gave Alyssa Thomas some credit. You know, Alyssa is somebody that I've had a chance to follow her career from University of Maryland College Park, where she still holds records, by the way, for that Maryland women's basketball team. And not just for the women's team at Maryland, but women and men's. And then just thinking about her getting drafted, going to Connecticut, the storyline being Connecticut being that a team that nobody was really talking about, Nat, at the beginning of this season. And we were all talking about the loss of Brianna and all that to say I mean what she's been able to do you look at her skills her defense what she's able to do at the rim I mean folks it's not easy to basically have like triple double like that's not easy at all and the fact that she's been able to do that and, and like you said I mean Asia Wilson you, you said it all Asia Wilson Asia, is Asia Wilson you know we can go back to the 53 point game that and I mean that speaks in itself um you know just her greatness and what she's been able to do Stewie is Stewie I mean what can she not do um you know like you said we're just able to watch so much you know of her greatness what was it 900 points in a season we just got to witness and watch yes. it's hard it's tough this is the, probably the toughest question that i've been getting on shows um in the in the p race because you know you to pick, who would it be you gotta tell on, us Matt, you're tell doing us. this to me yes it's, t- it's close to it's close between asia and stewie you're not going to come to your pick I, 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 I'll get since you did Asia, I will go with Brianna Stewart. I'll, I'll be the I'll be the opposite of you. It's close. <laughs> it's so close. But either way it goes, I will tell you, I won't be mad. I will not be mad either way that it goes, just because I think both of these girls have been balling. I mean, Stewart's second leading scorer right now, right behind Jewel Lloyd. I mean, there's so many right. things you can get to both of them, Matt. So at the end, but also again, just please don't forget Alyssa Thomas and her dominance on a non-superstar team, what she's had to do. 
Yes. I mean, look, I think we're 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 looking and it's going to be probably a collision course for the aces and the liberty. So we're looking forward to that. But I, I you know, I just I before we go, I just want to mention like it, it was noted um, or the news dropped yesterday. I want to say it was that Raquana Williams, the charges have been dropped against her. And I want to make clear they were dropped mm-hmm. against her because the witness, um, the, the 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 victim in this matter is not the cooperating wife. with the case. So the charges were mm-hmm. dropped also reports that she wants to join the team. And uh, we've talked about this incident in great detail, so we don't need to get into it. But I just want to say, I think Raquana needs to probably go to therapy and get some help. Um, And right now, the focus should not be on returning to the ACEs. So we don't know what the final decision is going to be. We'll have to see what happens with the league and the ACEs. But I would would be pretty disappointed if Raquana returns to the team. Is able to go. Because this isn't the first time for her. I just wanted to quickly say that. It happened with her before another domestic dispute incident when she was with the Sparks. So got to teach a lesson. Yes, absolutely. We will be right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, back, guys. More basketball coming. Kelsey. Let me cover my face. (laughs) (laughs) Was ousted by Germany today. They're saying it's a shocker. Now, um, um, what's his name? Um, The the, the, the Olympian, the track runner. Oh my God, I just forgot his name. No, 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 here. No, no, I told you so. I told you so. He is somewhere laughing. I'm waiting to see what he's going to tweet and say because it's like, there you go. So much this is all I world. see, these memes all over social media, like, told you so. <laughs> Listen, um, all I know is the USA, Kelsey, they better win that bronze medal game with Canada because let we me We better get something. on the podium, yes, yes. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it will be a day of jokes. Like, look, I'm laughing, I'm roasting Steve Kerr. Germany probably has been the best team in the tournament. Yeah, you think, Steve Kerr? And he said, I'm ready. If you guys watch this show enough, you know my disdain for for <laughs> the things Steve Kerr does. And so um, this does not shock me. This does not shock me at all that a Steve Kerr-led team lost and did not get the gold here. So we will see what happens. Kelsey, what are your thoughts on Team USA losing? Uh-huh. I mean, were we surprised, Nat? I mean, let's be honest. Folks really aren't even talking about this tournament going on because nobody really cares about many of the players that are playing in this tournament because we know it wasn't the top player. I mean, Anthony Edwards has probably been the top player that's been talked about, I'd say, most in this tournament. And Halliburton. And how, right. But all in all, Matt, I mean, of course, we know there was high expectations going in. We're not supposed to lose. We're the mighty USA, right? We're supposed to be the best. But at the end of the day, if you watch some of these games, I don't think the outcome did surprise you. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest Here's with you. Thing, I'm not here for all this posting of bail of the players and Steve Kerr. They should have won. You should not be losing to no Germany. Have one job. By one Dennis job. Schroeder. But I'm going to say this just <laughs> to be clear. I'm joking. I'm laughing. Obviously, I want Team USA to win. They did not. But let's be clear, with all of these other international teams, it's their NBA players who are leading the teams. It's the players in the NBA. Right, that's who they're playing again. But now I have to quickly say- still does have the best players in the the world. We do, we do. So we get to say that. But really quick, you're not going to win if you allow 25 second chance points, 15 points in the paint to Germany. And And rebound, if you can't rebound. Come on. Yeah, so they been rebound. DP. One job. Oh, wow. <laughs> Grab the ball. <laughs> Have a great weekend, y'all. We've had I don't enough. Want to hear nothing about Jaron Jackson Jr. again. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.